Welcome to the Beyond the Sermon podcast, where we take your questions from Sunday's teachings in order to form a dialogue about the scriptures and what God is teaching each and every one of us. Well, welcome back to the Beyond the Sermon podcast. Today here is May 29th, and today was our last uh, Sunday, our last sermon in the book of Acts. It's been 30 weeks through the book of Acts. We finally closed it out. Paul made it to Rome. And the, the big idea that we, we wrestle with this morning is that Jesus is the hope of the world, and uh, Paul offers us that hope through the pattern of obedience, and, and it really comes at a moment of, of great uh, struggle in his life. He is still arrested, still under the oppression of the Roman Empire, and uh, and yet he is faithfully and obediently proclaiming Jesus is the hope of the world. And so uh, we got a lot of great questions here this morning. We did live Q&A in the services, but we've got more questions than we had time to answer there, so we're going to wrestle through those uh, here on the podcast, and I'm joined by Carl and Maddie Meese here today on the podcast. So, uh, hi guys, welcome. Hello. Hello. Who are you? Great question. Fantastic I mean, like existentially, who are you? I am a collection of (laughs) cells. (laughs) That is all I am. I am a daughter of the Most High King. All right, Maddie, thank you for that. Carl, we need to talk after this is over. Oh, my God. Carl's, uh, like, Carl's like naturalism. That's all, the, human being. Oh, that's all that I am. Nihilism. Oh, oh my Lord. Goodness. All right. Oh. Maddie, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so happy Carl's to be here. Carl's going to be quiet the entire time. It's true. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh. So, Carl, you serve as one of our student ministry directors. You yes, serve that's um, correct. as the, your buck stops here responsibilities on our student ministry team is that our large group programming. Yes. And yes. so you, or you're, you know, uh, so just give us a quick picture. What does that mean? What does that look like mm-hmm. in your, uh, in your day-to-day life here on staff? Yeah. I get super excited about students coming together in one place yep. and getting to partner with students and, uh, other folks who want to partner in seeing students know Jesus yeah. in a gathered space yep. on Wednesdays as well as on Sunday morning. So yeah. uh, love getting to do that. Still very much learning and growing and seeing how yeah. it has been happening, but yeah. also uh, getting to um, start to tweak and yeah. um, enjoy adding some new flavor to uh, yeah. what we do. Yeah. So. Amen. Amen. And Maddie, you are married to Carl. I sure am. And, uh, but that, but there's so much about you, Maddie, (laughs) who are you? What do you do? That's a great question. I am Carl's wife and I am new to the Ames area. Mm -hmm. I've never lived in the Midwest before. I'm so grateful to be here. And I currently work, uh, for an anti-human trafficking Mm -hmm. organization called a 21, where I serve as the social media strategist. So on their communications marketing team. Yeah. And I'm originally from Texas. And I went to the University of Arkansas. I'm just kind of giving you this a, a wide breadth here yeah, of information. Yeah. Uh, and I studied graphic design out there for school, but then actually moved out to San Francisco to serve as mm-hmm. a youth director at a church in the heart of the city. And so that's where I met Carl. I met him out in the Bay Area, and we got married, and the yeah. Lord brought us here to Iowa. The Lord brought you to Iowa, and we are so glad that you guys are here. We're honored we are to be so here. glad that you're here and serving the Lord and following him in, in this season of your life, in this season of our church's life. So yeah. Special. 
Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, Maddie, you uh, you helped uh, you helped me with Q and A uh, on the second service. My wife Danielle did uh, Q and A first service, and this question came up, and I and I really loved your answer to it or, or what you spoke into it. And so let me read the question, and then I would just love for you to just walk us back through it because um, what you shared, some people who were in first service didn't get to hear it. So we want to we want to walk back through that a little bit. This question was an incredibly vulnerable and open question, which is beautiful. Why we want to do why we love doing the Q and A thing. How do we get over our fear? I have felt God telling me, yelling at me that I need to change. I am scared mm. of that change. I'm afraid of the judgment of my sin. Yeah. I am scared of what the church will think of me. Um, you talked about the, I mean, just the, the power of God's love to conquer fear. So just walk us through that. I mean, how yeah. would you answer this question, Maddie? Yeah. First, I would say there's so much empathy that I have for mm. this question. Yeah. I think that there's oftentimes, um, sometimes I think in maybe Christian culture that mm -hmm. we need to just like not experience fear, get through it, like buckle up, um, and just believe what God says. Uh, but I yeah. think that we forget that the Lord is in the midst that Jesus comes mm -hmm. and enters into the midst yeah. of our fear and, um, isn't like, Hey, can you, can you clean this up? Can you not be afraid? Yeah. Uh, but the Lord says that I'm with you. Um, and that's the beauty of Emmanuel, yeah. God with us and in the midst of that fear. And so one, I just have incredible empathy for the person that yeah. asked this question. And it's one that I've asked myself of like, how do I get over this fear? Um, and fear can be synonymous with anxiety or, you know, a, a lot of different things. But uh, first comes to mind and what I shared during the second service was yeah. where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Yeah. And we see that in scripture, I believe mm -hmm. is in uh, first Corinthians and could mm -hmm. be second Corinthians if anybody wants to check on that for me. But, um, yeah. And so Paul shares that it's in the Bible, it's in the Bible, it's in new Testament, somewhere in there, somewhere in there. The real good, good. The good book, the good book, the book, the bread of life, mm. the, the good one. But I'm just, yeah, I'm encouraged <laughs> to pivot. So I'm encouraged by, yeah, that truth where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Yeah. And we're given the spirit as a guarantee when we begin to walk with yeah. Jesus and the spirit is our helper, the Holy yeah. Spirit, um, a part of the Trinity God, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So uh, just believe there's power, you know, in one saying that we're afraid the Lord can meet us in that honesty of what we are fearful about yeah. and to know that he's in the midst of that. And I believe that person in the text message also is like, I feel scared of the judgment of my sin and I'm a, I hear God yelling at me mm -hmm. and my question I believe to that person and or to ourselves would be is that what is that what God's voice sounds like mm. is God yelling at yeah. us is that really what his voice sounds like and if our answer is I actually don't know what God's voice sounds like yeah then I think that's a beautiful place to start yeah and so those yeah. are some, yeah, the yeah. thoughts on that. I think it's super helpful. And I love that even just the posing the back of that question of what does God's voice sound like? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and yes, God is clear and yes, God can be stern. Hebrews talks about our fathers who uh, discipline us. Yep. Our heavenly father disciplines us and his discipline is good. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually because he loves us. Because he, he loves us. Yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. So, but his voice is never yelling at us. Right. Mm -hmm. And we need to, we need to know his voice. And so what, what voice is that that is actually causing us to feel like mm -hmm. he's yelling at us yeah, yeah yeah that's a great question to ask i you you know as you said like uh, that then there's god does not give us a spirit of fear mm -hmm. right but he he has set us free from our mm -hmm. sin uh, we talk about it here romans chapter 8 
God's everlasting love. Paul says, verse 31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Mm. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, who, if God is for me, who's against me? Mm-hmm. Right? Paul, Paul goes on and he says, knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah. Right? So we don't have to give in to fear. We feel fear, but we don't have to let it dominate us Mm -hmm. because there is freedom in Jesus and there's nothing that can separate us from that. And so, yeah. 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 So I loved, I love the way that you answered that, even the question that you're posing and, and just how it's just, your answer is bathed in God's word, Mm. the truth of God's word. That's what confronts the lies of fear. Yeah. And fears are signposts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like we have fear to not touch a hot stove, you know, because we're like, because we know it's going to hurt us. Yeah. Yeah. So I think sometimes we just brush it or suppress it when maybe those fears are showing us something yeah. and something we haven't surrendered, a sin we haven't thrown yeah. off that has entangled us. Yeah. Hebrew says, Hebrew one, like throw off the sin that entangles you. Yeah. Maybe there's something that you have entangled. You know, there's just yeah. a, a wide breadth um, yeah. that we forget the gospel desires to reach yeah. in our lives, yeah. including personal fears, mm-hmm. um, past, present, future yeah. that Jesus says he came for yeah. and wants to, wants to heal. Yeah. Oh, bring amen. Peace. Amen. I love that's why we do this podcast. Cause uh, the, the few minutes we get in the service to give some answers, we just, this is so good. This is so good. Maddie, thanks it. for, thanks for that. And you are, you're so right. Yeah. Our fears can be signposts, right. And, mm-hmm. and pointing to things that we need to, we need to throw off there. Well, this next question comes in on the idea about Paul's, about Paul's life. And, uh, and so it asks the question uh, of if we are to, if we were to follow God in obedience, Paul gives us this, this really uh, remarkable example of obedience, but what was specific to Paul's call and what's specific to our call? Mm -hmm. So Carl, as you, as you hear that question, Mm -hmm. how would you answer the question or or the the latter part of that question? What is specific Mm -hmm. to the call of every Christian throughout Mm -hmm. all time? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe the do better than my other question. You're like, (laughs) I'm nothing more than a collection. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so dumb. But, um, I was good. good. The Sunday school answer, I think for that one is like the great commission and, um, Mm -hmm. speaking truth and life and, um, moving against the spirit of the enemy and pushing into the presence of God and his truth as Christians like us. Us getting to do that, I think we're all called into that. Um, I think the second part of that that was talking about calling mm-hmm. in, in some sense, um, I immediately think about, uh, I think it's Ephesians 4, where it talks about um, the apostles and the teachers and mm-hmm. yeah. uh, the pa- shepherds. Yep. So Paul talks in Ephesians, it's called the apest model of ministry. Okay. Some are called to be apostles, some are called to be prophets, evangelists, shepherds, mm-hmm. and teachers. Yeah, yeah. so I think... That's the differentiation point of how do we mm-hmm. know that kind of churchwide call as well as start to pray and through discernment and knowing the voice of God and discerning the scriptures yeah. uh, begin to identify what part am I playing within that yeah. that set of roles, but then there's a whole other yeah. set of roles that are found yeah. in scripture too yeah. um, for specific people at certain times and in specific places. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Uh, is it First Corinthians 12 or Romans or is it the, there's uh, the gift set, the spiritual gift set? Uh, it's in the Bible. Yeah, I love the Bible. <laughs> I just got done preaching two sermons and I can't think. Hey, of, I can't hey, think of references we're here for it. Yeah. No, we're um, here for it. 
But yeah, so so Carl, I love it. Like you said, it's the Sunday school answer, the Great Commission. But mm-hmm. how often is the Sunday school answer is not wrong? Yes, it's just yeah. left too yeah. simple. Yep. You know, like mm. that is the call. So mm. Paul is obedient to the Great Commission. Yeah. Absolutely. As we've seen him time and time again, it's radical obedience to the Great Commission. No matter where yeah. he's at, yeah. he's praising God. He's lifting him up. Second uh, Corinthians, uh, in the opening of Second Corinthians, Paul says that he was so, the, the, the persecution he experienced in Asia made him, got him to the existential place where he was questioning his existence. Like, so yeah. Paul doesn't have, we sometimes think of Paul's obedience of never Paul's having a, a person. bad day. But he's a he's person. A whole person. Yeah. And he has bad days and he has doubts and he has fears and all of mm-hmm. those things. And and we get glimpses of them along the way. Uh, but Paul is radically obedient to the Great Commission, as you said. Mm-hmm. That can feel simple. It's yeah. not simple. It's big. Are we being obedient to the Great Commission? Yeah. Yes. Right? Is that the first place we're going to... That's the first step of obedience. Are we proclaiming the goodness of Jesus? Are we teaching all that he taught us, mm-hmm. right? And mm. and so are we are we making disciples in that way? And uh, and then secondly, I love the way you, you know you go. Right, what are our spiritual gifts? What is God? How has God equipped each of us uniquely in yeah. this season to serve Him? Yeah. Right? Paul was called to Rome. He knew that he was called to Rome. The Holy Spirit impressed it upon him that he would get to Rome. Jesus promised him he would get to Rome. I'm not called to Rome. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys just answered a call in your life. Right? Yeah. Right. You, you know, I mean, how did you, how did you discern between mm-hmm. Ames and Saskatchewan? I don't know where else you guys were looking like. <laughs> yeah. Right there. Right. Just, 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 Saskatchewan is on the list this time of year. On the list. But the uh, list. we didn't end up. To Here I am, Lord, Here send me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, that's a fantastic question. I think it's it, great. It's a, a lot of things. Um, but Oh man, I use this analogy maybe too often, but uh, it's this, it's a picture of a a stool and it emphasizes how we discern what is the Lord's voice in our life. And there's three legs of the stool. There's the word. Mm -hmm. So it does what we're discerning align with the word. Second um, community, as we talk to faithful believers in our community that are ahead of us, that are in the stage next to us, how do how does that word sit with them? And then mm-hmm. finally, does that um, that word or whatever you're discerning uh, sit and rest well in your spirit? And if all three of those things exist, um, then the yeah. seat of the stool is abiding. We can abide yeah. in that word. Yeah. And so yeah. we really tried to live that out in many different ways. Um, we did uh, with talking with our community yeah. and searching the scriptures and yeah. Uh, yeah. and prayer. So I don't know if if you have other thoughts on that, but yeah, yeah. I would say that I. Oh gosh, this might sound kind of funny, but I take discerning our calling really seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think no, we we one God knows us so intimately, mm-hmm. and he he knows every thought, every passion, every desire, all the things we know this. Um, but delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm thirty seven four. Yeah. So when we're delighting in Him. The desires that he has for us to live out are his own. Those are going to start being implanted in our heart and our heart's going to transform and we're going to start to want to walk in the way of Jesus and become more like him. And so, I I mean, that's an interesting place to start. But I think first off, when Carl and I were discerning, you know, is, is Ames the right move? Uh, we, We asked that the Lord would open up the right doors that would require faith and that we wouldn't be able to shake it and that it would just keep coming up 
And it just, it kept coming up individually. We wanted to pray through that individually. And then when we came together, it was really clear that the Lord was still laying that on Mm. both of us, both of our hearts. And yeah, I think we, uh, we would honestly say it was the hardest decision we've ever made individually and together Mm. because we knew that it was going to be a significant life change, but we mm-hmm. also, we didn't know what to expect. We yeah. you know a lot of times when we're entering into different callings yeah. that the Lord places on us, yeah. we don't know what the outcome yeah. is going to look like. So as yeah. human beings, it just is hard to trust. And so mm-hmm. it was yeah, really I'm, scary too. Yeah, just to be vulnerable. <laughs> it just, yeah. you have to wrestle oh, in those, man. in yeah. those things. And, um, for me personally, I started walking with God when I was 14 mm-hmm. and, um, And I think the Lord made it pretty clear that he was like, hey, Maddie, you said you would follow me wherever I called you when you were 14. What's changed now? Mm, And I'm doing something in Ames, Iowa. I've been doing something here. And and there's and, you know, the Lord really brought it on Carl's heart that there's things happening here we don't know about. And how can we participate and serve and 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 walk alongside um, what he's doing here? And so Mm, so good. That was the prayer. And yeah. We shipped it. Now we're here. <laughs> now That's you're true. here. Well, I love I love the way Maddie, the way you said it there was like I take discerning God's call seriously. Mm-hmm. And, and even Carl, your analogy there of a three legged stool. And I think it's so important. It goes back to, you know, Maddie, you and I talked about this at second service. Christianity is not a solo sport. We're never mm-hmm. called to live Christianity in a solo, uh, in a solo way or an individual way. We're called to exist in community. Paul in this passage was encouraged by Christians by brothers and sisters mm-hmm. who are following Jesus, yeah. right? And so as we even discern in our individual seasons of where God is calling us, that's so critical that we have other mature voices. So I love the picture, Carl, that you gave us there of that of that stool that is always compared against the litmus, the rubric of God's word. God's yeah. word is eternally uh, authoritative and true. And so, and God's will will never violate God's word. We've said it that way here before. And so we discern that out through other mature believers as well, right? Especially when the scriptures aren't specifically clear, you know? But what the scriptures are specifically clear is that we're all to be faithful and obedient to carry the good news of the gospel forward. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's part of Paul's call. It's part of our call. And then the Lord will use use us individually in different seasons and in different ways and different places. And so, yeah. Now, this question that comes up next is, uh, is is a, I think, a hard one to wrestle through, but it's a good one. It says this, how do you mend a dull heart or help someone who has made themselves unimpressed with God because of focusing on the negativity of the world? So here's this really interesting moment in Pharaoh's life in the book of Exodus. Moses comes back. Moses uh, says to to Pharaoh, set my people, you know, set my people free, set the Lord's people free. And Pharaoh goes, no, and so God shows Moses who's God. Moses comes back. Set my people free. No. God shows Pharaoh who's God. And what's interesting is in the, in the end of that, Moses, who's writing the book of Exodus, the author of the book of Exodus, he doesn't actually physically write it. There are other people that wrote it, but Moses dictated it to them. Yeah. Right? So sometimes when we say, who was the author of? Right. Well, who actually wrote it down versus who? Right? Uh, anyway, yeah. we don't need to get into New Testament. Uh, no, into it's important to name, though. For right? sure, though. Yeah, but, it's good. but Moses is the author of the Pentateuch. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. The first five books of the Bible. And, um, and, Moses tells us that Pharaoh, that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Mm. But what, what I think really is we understand the text is that, that Pharaoh actually hardened his own heart. 
God gave Pharaoh time and time and opportunity and opportunity to repent, to see, to acknowledge God's power, even to the very end, right? This tragic 10th plague, right? Pharaoh's own son is now dead. God has demonstrated that there is none greater than he, and yet Pharaoh's heart is so hard uh, that in his own rebellion, he's actually hardened his own heart. Mm-hmm. And um, I think when Paul quotes here in out of Isaiah, it is the tragic consequence of consistently rebuking the Lord yeah. and rebuking the Lord's work in your life that we actually harden our own hearts. We cause our own hearts mm-hmm. to grow dull. So there's a there's yeah. a tragic consequence there, there uh, that I think Paul is exposing of those um, those Jewish leaders in Rome that he's appealing to that do not believe. Um, so how do we help someone come out of that place? Mm-hmm. Well, one, first, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. Like, we don't do that. The Holy Spirit does that. Right. But how, do, how can we be faithful to help people come and see Jesus rightly? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you guys think? Mm-hmm. Great question. It's a great question. The, Go ahead. <laughs> I think uh, one of the first scriptures that comes to mind that I was just um, chatting with a friend about was Hebrews 3, mm-hmm. uh, which says something to the effect of, when you hear God's voice, do not harden your heart. Yeah. And um, I I don't know. It just I think it goes back to the importance of the question that you posed, Maddie, of... Um, how do we begin to ask ourselves, what does his voice sound like? Mm-hmm. And um, starting to discern that out, that, that that is the antidote to a soft heart, is hearing his voice. And then you, yeah. Kyle, said that beautiful phrase of um, obedience is God's love language. Mm. We hear his voice. That's probably not mine. I probably it. stole it somewhere <laughs> from somewhere. It's just so long ago mm. that I don't even know who I stole it from. So Yeah, yeah. 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 But I, I love it. I think it, it's so awesome. And it's, when we, yeah. we say yes to something, and then I feel like the Lord just swings open another few doors because yeah. he can trust us, and he sees that we're saying yes to whatever he put here. And so then he yeah. opens something up out ahead of us. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. Maddie, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, some thoughts on the dullness of heart that people mm-hmm. experience. Uh, having a dull heart is exhausting. It is, isn't and it? And I think it is so exhausting, and I think uh, I think it needs to be said, if I may be so bold, mm-hmm. that no one really ever wanted to get to a place of having a dull heart. I think so. And, yeah. I, and I think that's like the weight of the human condition mm-hmm. is that things evolve if we don't catch it or if we mm-hmm. don't. Yeah. walk through restoration yeah. and partner with God yeah. and being like, I'm going to open up my heart to you. I'm going to be honest with what's yeah. going on. And sometimes we don't realize it, but idolatry takes place where we mm-hmm. lift things higher. Oh yeah. And we also become self insulated mm-hmm. where we forget yeah. what is happening. And a small anecdote, I just, I, I know what it's like to be in a really saturated Christian area mm-hmm. and take things for granted, but then also yeah. be in a post-Christian culture yeah. where it's hostile towards anything yeah. of the gospel and yeah. anything related to Christ. And believers in that area mm-hmm. were were very like very steadfast in yeah. believing what God had to say and who He was yeah. because the opposition was so strong. Yeah. And so I think that's an it that's a tool of the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, apathy really yeah. can lead to a dullness of heart. Yep. And so 
I, I have empathy for the people that have a dullness of heart because you never, you never enter into something and be like, I'm going to work towards having a dull heart. Yeah. It, it grows over time and yeah. it becomes, it, it starts as a pebble and becomes a boulder. Yeah. And so yeah. I think the, I think the Lord really wants us to lift our eyes yeah. off of ourselves. Yeah. If I'm, if I, if I'm going to be I, really bold, I, I, think, I it's no, hardcore. I, but. I think you're so, well, I think it's the call of the gospel, yeah. uh, rich young ruler. <laughs> Lift your eyes off yourself. Yeah, it's he, hard. He went away sad because he had much. Yeah. Right? Uh, even going back to Pharaoh, God wanted Pharaoh to have a right view of Yahweh, Elohim, the, the God of the universe. Right. And it, God, God gave him more than enough proof. And Pharaoh, in his resistance to God, grew in this dullness of heart. So I think, I, yeah, I love that, right? We don't ever intend to wind up in that place, Maddie, as, as you said. And Carl, again, we got to ask what is God's voice, right? You know, and I think uh, going back to first Peter chapter two, verse 12, Peter says, live such good lives among those who do not believe. Um, Among among the pagans is the word there. Uh, And it's this reference of those who do not believe in God. And it's the substance of our lives that, that begins to break through the dullness of our hearts, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and you're Maddie, you're right. And I think when, I think when, you have opportunities to speak pointed truth in people's lives. We need that pointed truth. The scripture offers us pointed truth to clarify ourselves, right? So we have to be available to others that when the goodness of our lives, the examples of our lives, not because we are good, but because God is good in us and through us begins to shine the light of clarity there. Like we don't go, Oh, well, I just try to be a good person, right? We don't pass it off with, right. But we actually speak truth Maddie, as you said, in this, in this, even in the environment, the moment that it's hard, we speak truth with love, not just "thou shalt not be a jerk." Truth without love isn't truth. No, it's honest. I honest. It's like truth with he. Scripture mm-hmm. is so purposeful, and I'm preaching the yeah. choir. You know this, yeah. Kyle. It's like yeah. order in Scripture is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like truth. It's a, it's a hermeneutical and principle. love. Like yeah, yeah, it's he. The Spirit inspired that for a purpose. Mm-hmm. That truth without love is it's empty. It's empty, but also love without truth isn't isn't love because yeah. it's it's absent of that. Yeah. And so, yeah. First yeah. Corinthians thirteen: uh, If I do not have love, I am but a clanging gong. Right? right? I am I am noisy. I am purposeless. Uh, Jesus uh, came in grace and truth, truth. Right? The way that we've said it is that grace makes truth palatable. Nobody receives truth without That's grace, good. you know? And so, yeah. So, but uh, Matt, as you said, be willing to speak that truth, even when it's hard, you know, because it is yeah. the truth that sets us free. As we've, as we said before, where we are, there is freedom in Jesus as, as you reminded us, Maddie. And I think it drives into another question of how do we, you know, how there's another question on the same, along these same lines. I've got a friend who's hostile. I've got a friend who uh, does not uh, want to hear about these things. Well, how do I share with them? Just, let your life be a living example. Jesus tells us to be salt and light, you know, and that our lives are to be examples in that way. Ask questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ask questions that yeah. are non-pointed that give your friend yeah. space and room to really share what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Growing to be a good question asker is an important skill. Yeah, probably not not that we don't have time today on the podcast to dive into how to be a good question asker, but mm. I think I think that is. That is a that is a huge skill, you know, in being able to to talk about the gospel with people. Of, I mean, even just the how is that working out for you? Like, not in a judgmental way, you know, but like genuinely as your friend, how's that how's that working for you? You know, and uh, and then when you get the opportunity to just talk through and be sympathetic, be empathetic, 
you know, to put yourself in their shoes and not just dismiss their pain or, or their struggle. Um, you know, but when we, when we find folks or when you're in relationship with those who are hostile in this, in the new Testament was written into a culture that was hostile towards Christianity. Jesus tells us that we are known by our love for one another. Absolutely. Paul tells us that we are to overcome evil with good in Romans. Peter tells us, 1 Peter 2.12, that we are to live such good lives so that those who aren't following Jesus would see something substantially different in us. And James tells us that we are to endure our sufferings with great joy because it produces a harvest of righteousness in us, right? So we are to continue to press on even when it's hard. Well, here, let's... We're, it is. It's, it's a, that's a big call, right? It's a worthy fight. That is a worthy fight. Yeah. And it's a big call. And good news, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. The Holy Spirit is indwelled within oh, us. So grateful. That we are not called to that fight alone, but the Holy Spirit is indwelled in us and gives us the strength and the power to walk faithfully and obediently, glorifying Jesus and, and, and our Father in heaven. Uh, here's, a, here's a big question, and we'll wrap up on this one. Is the church called to help after, or t- is the church called... To to help alter the lives of future mass shooters, usually young and desperate males uh, preemptively. So who is the church called? I think this is the question of who is the church called to reach? Like, is the church called to reach um, here? We are walking out of uh, three mass shootings in our country in the last two weeks. Yet, when the brokenness of this world that bubbles up onto our, onto our news feeds, mm-hmm. it should remind us that there are great tragedies that are going around the world all around us that we do not see. Right. And so uh, there is great brokenness in this world. Um, and so uh, who, who is the, who is the church called to help here is, does it include future mass shooters? Um, now what we probably aren't gonna be able to get into today is how we do that. Mm-hmm. Right. But, um, uh, but what do you guys think? Are we called to reach uh, future mass shooters? Yeah. <laughs> Huge question. <Yes. laughs> and there's, um, yeah, th- yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, there's, and I think there's a lot of facets to it, but I think um, one passage that comes to mind that is kind of hard to understand if I'm also being honest here, yeah. but it's when Jesus separates the sheep and the goats mm-hmm. and he says to the sheep after like telling them their blessing of entering into the kingdom, Um, He says a few specific things, but one of them was that you visited me in prison. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think even in this very extreme case, we are literally tangibly interacting with Jesus as we um, take the time to go to a prison and care for and respond to and have compassion towards um, folks and friends and enemies or whatever it is that have ended up um, in that place. And uh, we're interacting with Jesus when we choose to go and do that. So. Yeah. 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 And so here's a little teaser. We're going to, we're going to look at that parable in <gasps> this summer awesome. of the sheep yeah. and the goats. So Amazing. teaser stick, uh, hang in there for the summer <laughs> teaching series through the parables. We're excited. <laughs> and I, something as well that comes to mind is we as Christians are set apart because of our love mm-hmm. for yeah. one another. And that means grieving, mourning, and lamenting yeah. with the communities in Buffalo and with the community in Southern California mm-hmm. and the community in Texas and yep. all of the extended people part of that, yeah. that these are real people experiencing deep pain mm-hmm. as well as yeah. this person and the people that that participate in violence and evil comes out of them in, this, in these different expressions. It's like, man, that also really burdens the heart of God. Yeah. 
he yeah. breaks for their hearts that they've yeah. they're expressing in this way. And so I think in the wide breadth, the church is called for all people. Jesus says, came to seek and save the lost. Mm-hmm. I came for the sick, not the ones that don't need a doctor. Yeah. I'm the good physician. I'm coming yeah. to, to heal. Yeah. And we all are broken. And, uh, yeah. and so I just think that the Lord, like Jesus is, is weeping yeah. and he is extending, um, the mystery of, of grace over, yeah. over all people. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think as that, right, there's no, we, we, there should be no disagreement in those, in those, in those things, you know, and yet the question here is probably quickly drifts, not to the theological conviction, but to uh, the practical application, right? So we have yeah. uh, ortho, orthopraxy and orthodoxy. So right, right belief and uh, right action. Right. And so, um, so again, we, we talked about this, uh, Danielle asked me this question in the first service and that uh, essentially about, you know, are we supposed to go do something? Are we supposed to be mm-hmm. active in healing and, and active in, uh, in working to restore communities and those kind of things? And, and, the, and the scriptures don't let us off the hook of just having right belief without right action. It always, those two things always go together. Right belief leads to right action because belief corresponds in behavior. The Greek word is dikaiosoine. Paul uses it in Romans, like... Uh, 30 times in Romans. It's used over 200 times in the Bible as a whole. It's often translated righteousness. Um, in Romans chapter 1, 16 and 17, it's translated justice in Spanish-speaking Bibles, justicia. And, uh, but it's the same. Shout out to my Latin community. There it is. There it is. <laughs> and, uh, but it's the same word. But it, me- it literally means uh, righteousness and justice. Yeah. Um, in English, it, we just translate it into, as righteousness. But in the scriptures as a whole, righteousness is never applied without justice. So right belief can never lead to with right belief can never be uh, held unless it leads to right action. Mm -hmm. And so we're never called or we're never permitted to just leave our belief without action. Now is the church, what are we as a gathered group on Sunday? Are we called to go and do these individual expressions of ministry or, or the reconciliation work? Well, yes and no, right? There's limitations to what we can do corporately, but as the church, as God's gathered people or God's reconciled people, we are all called to that ministry of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And so um, often when we are working in the, in the margins and in the fringes and in those who are vulnerable, it, it's not that the church gets to do this, this institutionalized church goes, Hey, we're going to, we're going to, this is our focus, our mission. Cause our mission is to glorify God as the, as the institutionalized church. However, God uses his people to then go and, and reach in those places. And so I think that's, I think that's where we have to be careful in questions like this of, of like, what is the role of the institutionalized church or the gathered corporate church? And what, what are the limits of the gathered corporate church? Right. And then, and then what is, what is God equipping me or us as a, as a group, even a small group to go and to go impact and to go, um, you know, serve and, and make changes and live out God's justice here on earth. We pray it in the Lord's prayer, Lord, may your kingdom, may your eternal kingdom be present here. And that's an eschatological prayer. We pray for taste of that now, hope for the age to come, um, but yeah, I think I think you guys you guys are right on this, right? We are called to go and reach the lost. That includes all kinds of people in all kinds of positions, and and yes, to preemptively reach out to those who are in the most vulnerable positions. Carl, as you mentioned, right? Jesus says, "You visited me when I was naked; you clothed me. When I was hungry, you fed me. Right? When I was in prison, you visited me. 
And so there is this hands and feet of Jesus work, hands and feet of God work that we are all called into. Um, and, and yet even the church corporately is called into, it's just how that works out. Sometimes we, we can get those, those things kind of confused or twisted and we can, we can disagree on the praxis or the, how we do this, not that, that we are called to do this. And, um, yeah, so I, I love this question. I love the openness of this. And, and yeah, we are called to go to all people in all places. And, uh, and that's going to, God, God's going to use some of us in different ways. And so let us, let us, uh, proclaim and rejoice in that work and support one another in that. So it's good. Yeah. Well, Carl and Maddie, thanks for joining us here on the podcast today. Uh, so appreciate your hearts for Jesus. And just even the conversation that we had uh, here this, this morning, I just, I hope everyone listens that your hearts are blessed uh, by it and, uh, and by Carl and Maddie's hearts for Jesus and, and hearts to love other people. And, uh, and so we will be back next week, beginning our new series on the parables not with the sheep and goats next week that's going to come later on later on later on but hang in there for sure we're going to talk about sheep and goats carl way to just weave that in <laughs> i that's know purposely. It. you planted that that was good you? i did uh no <laughs> he did not he did not but thank you so much kyle for having no. us yeah awesome. thanks Grateful. guys appreciate it thanks all right we'll see you guys next week